Well, Wassam, thank you so much for taking time for this. I really appreciate it. As we start, can you talk maybe a little bit about um, your role in the company? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Misha, for uh, having me and uh, letting me share my views. Yeah, so um, I'm the Senior Director of uh, Information Security at Couchbase. Mm -hmm. I've been at Couchbase for a little over a year now, and uh, I, I head up the information security uh, at the company. I've been uh, interested to stand up or establish an information security program and um, uh, enhance it or up-level it to the um, uh, uh, to the next uh, level. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing at uh, CouchBase. I understand. I understand. And can you maybe talk a little bit how you got into cybersecurity? I I understand you. It's you. You've been the, you've been at CouchBase for about a year and a half or, or so. Like, yeah. how how what was your path to cybersecurity? Like through your career arc. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, I've been at CouchBase just a little over a year now. Uh, but the my path into cybersecurity was, I would say, not traditional. I did not start in the cybersecurity space. So uh, again, it might sound uh, I've been in this industry for a long time, but I actually started on uh, IBM mainframes, working on IBM mainframes, wow. and, and then moved into Java and then uh, cloud platforms. So mm -hmm. I've had this varied uh, experience and exposure to different technologies, uh, mm -hmm. different programming languages. And again, throughout my career, I started off as a, a developer and then I moved into uh, services. So I had the, uh, the opportunity to look at things from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I also did my MBA uh, around 2010. And then um, I got an opportunity to work for a company where uh, I moved into a, a management position. It was a technical uh, managerial position. But then the responsibilities were uh, completely different. So I was uh, heading up the IT uh, production operations and uh, and security. So that's when I I first got introduced um, to to the real security. And this was mm -hmm. a financial services company. So as you can understand, um, with any financial services, the the level of oversight security is yeah, it's very it's very yes. different. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely uh, critical. So. That, uh, so that was, I was um, hands-on into security and understanding the customer requirements, understanding mm -hmm. compliance requirements. And that's how over the next uh, 10, 10 to 12 years, uh, any, uh, all other uh, roles that I got into was highly into uh, security. And, I understand. Then, yeah, so that's, uh, and then uh, I think a couple of years ago, I also, uh, passed the uh, the CISO, CCSO examination uh, mm -hmm. by EC Council, and mm -hmm. uh, here I am at Touchbase. Totally, totally. I understand. Um, so, for all the people who are just looking to get a career, and maybe they're looking to switch from IT to cybersecurity, or maybe even students as they're thinking of their career and, and looking at cybersecurity as a growing space, from your vantage point and from your experience, what would you suggest that they focus on? What are some of the things they should do? Yeah, so cybersecurity is a, a vast field and it's a rapidly growing field. There's there's a lot of demand uh, and I, I, I may even predict that in the next 10 years, the infosec professionals would be a, a sort of a breed. Uh, that's what I'm uh, thinking. Uh, so when I look at uh, cybersecurity or information security, I 
I would like to categorize it into three different buckets. So you have product security or the AppSec, then you have GRC, governance, risk, and compliance. Then you have the SOC, the security operation center. Um, and in my view, for any uh, cybersecurity program, you you start off with uh, GRC. You that's the foundation. You you need the the policies in place. You you need to make sure um, you you do the the risk assessments and uh, you are compliant with um, anything that the company needs to be compliant. So when you look at it, the, the skill sets for these three different buckets are slightly different. GRC, for example, you need to think differently. You, you need to think from a policy perspective, for example, you should be able to draft policies. You should understand what compliance requirements are or what uh, certification requirements need to be met. <clears throat> uh, you need to have the ability to collaborate with various stakeholders. It could be internal stakeholders, external stakeholders, uh, work with auditors, for example, and also work with management. So you, you'll probably be doing uh, risk um, risk assessments for the company. So documentation is uh, key here. And uh, you ob obviously have to be uh, technical, but then this probably does not require too deep of a, uh, a technical knowledge. Uh, security operations on the other front is where you actually, you act like a hacker, right? So you, you try to understand what the bad actors uh, are trying to do and then you you work both from a, an offensive and and a defensive perspective you prevent uh, any uh, potential attacks and then you also uh, so this is where there's a there's a bit of technical knowledge that is um, required right uh, product security uh, again you ideally you would want to be a you would want to come from a development background so this way you understand um, the stlc process and then uh, you add security to that. That's where that's what we are all talking about. Um, left shift in security, right? So you you start uh, your uh, development with the security view in place. Mm -hmm. um, so th th this is uh, this is the uh, the field or the the scenario. And then uh, how, as I said, uh, for certain things you need um, deep technical background. Certain things you need uh, different types of skill sets. There are, uh, for somebody who is coming out of college, basically you need to have that passion to work with the security world, right? So uh, you need to have the aptitude to learn. And um, once you, you feel that you have an inclination towards that, then there are courses that are offered in college for cybersecurity. There are various certification programs um, that are uh, available. <clears throat> And um, that's, uh, again, as I said, it's, it's a growing field, a lot of opportunities. So it's, it's a great time to get into uh, information security. Certainly, certainly. So basically, we're just understanding the requirements for three different fields that you mentioned and preparing yourself and, and testing your aptitude to whether you want to be more technical, less technical, and what side, red team, blue team, GRC, or... Um, or on the developer side with the, with yeah. the app, um, app sack you want to be involved in. I think it's, it's very valid. Um, this is awesome. I, we talk a lot with uh, cybersecurity professionals and, and kind of vendors. And as you mentioned, the space is changing so quickly. New challenges emerge, new, new technologies to address those challenges emerge. It's kind of ever, ever evolving. And there are certain themes that are, everyone is focusing on right now, like ransomware, phishing attacks, mm -hmm. things like this. But from your vantage point, if you look in the future, let's say a crystal ball, 
and you know 12 months from now, these are the three things that will uh, be the center of the focus of the cybersecurity professionals, what would those three things be in your in your opinion? Yeah, you, you actually mentioned ransomware, right? And that's what we're, we're seeing. And th there's an increase in, uh, in such attacks. <clears throat> uh, so basically, uh, for a ransomware to take place, one of the easiest ways for them is to breach the human firewall, right? And that, that is where we need to focus, most companies need to focus and make sure that the human firewall is, uh, is secure. I believe there's a research which said 90% of the breaches happen because <clears throat> there is a kink in the, the human firewall. So yes, ransomware is something that is and um, will be a, a potential threat for uh, a lot of companies, uh, most companies, <clears throat> and then uh, supply chain uh, attacks. So this is uh, an area where all companies need to understand that uh, bad actors. Uh, again, you, you expose something. You you don't if you don't have a proper security posture. You you uh, leave some gaps. Then they introduce bad code in, in, as part of your uh, your product, and then uh, it can lead to uh, really bad uh, uh, impacts right so the, and then uh, cloud security so this is something that i really uh, care about and i'm uh, passionate cloud is something that uh, is evolving I, I know it's been there around uh, for about 15 years but then it's it's not mature we do not have enough um, professionals who are proficient in securing uh, the environments in the cloud uh, the and then it it's 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 different because a developer can go in and then expose certain things that he should not be doing right so that is where companies need to get their uh, hands around and make sure that uh, anything that is developed on the cloud anything that is um, offered on the cloud is is secure and and it's uh, it's quite clear uh, with the number of um, saas companies growing uh, if if I need to purchase uh, a SaaS product, then the scrutiny on the SaaS product is so much more than the scrutiny on a, an on-prem software, for example. Sure. sure. No, it makes a lot of sense. And um, to your point, those products need to be developed with security in mind, not not thinking that security is just a layer you slap on top, because that that's kind of will be prone to. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Two, two issues down the line. That, that's excellent. Um, again, switching gears a little bit uh, here, it's kind of Affini is designed to be a community of professionals with the kind of vendor free for the most part with an idea to kind of foster networking and knowledge sharing. And we're still growing, we're still evolving our offering. And kind of from that perspective, from what you've seen so far, uh, what are some of the things the thing as a community, in your view, should be doing more of uh, or less of, or maybe something that we're not currently doing, but we should be? What What are the, what are, in, in those kind of three vectors, what, what will be your thoughts? Yeah, and I, I do understand that Afinia is probably at a, a, a young uh, age right now, right? So it's uh, it's developing. And uh, this is what actually attracted uh, me. I mean, basically the, the concept of bringing together like-minded professionals, security professionals. And that's that's something that is um, the need of the R in the, in the security space. So when I look at uh, what is available today, there's not much 
or not many avenues to collaborate with um, with fellow security professionals today. There could be a few groups on LinkedIn and things like that, but there's there's nothing that is um, uh, formal or so something that is um, managed or coordinated. And Afinia uh, is uh, is doing something that um, or it's filling the void. Uh, I know there's there's a couple of companies who are trying to do this um, a similar thing on the uh, the people side, the the HR side of things, but. This is great that um, uh, Finia is doing. So what I would uh, be looking forward to is an opportunity to, uh, first of all, um, communicate and um, uh, interact or network with um, fellow security professionals and a forum where I can openly and confidentially share knowledge or ask questions. Um, and that, that is critical because at the end of the day, all profession, all security professionals, all companies are facing the same enemy. So it's best for us to actually get together and fight this enemy together rather than trying to do this. For sure. Absolutely. And do you think this should be done more in a kind of face-to-face -face format or online or maybe both? Or maybe start with face-to-face -face and then transition to online? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, with, with COVID, uh, again, face-to-face -face probably is is not possible right now, but things are uh, definitely improving. Mm -hmm. Any any interaction that is face-to-face -face obviously has a, a lot more value and not only value, th there's more that we get out of these face-to-face -face, uh, interactions. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's no distractions. So yes, face-to-face -face definitely is something that uh, I'd be looking forward to. And um, yeah, maybe once a month, uh, so meetings or something like that, where uh, people with similar interests can join and mm -hmm. collaborate. Hundred percent. No, it makes a lot of sense. Um, again, kind of switching gears a little bit. Uh, as you, well, we talked about kind of the the cybersecurity space evolving and ever changing. Where do you usually go to learn about new new products, new challenges, new threat vectors? Uh, there's so there's so much from your personal network to yes um, online resources to to vendors to Gartner to uh, I know G2 Crowd. It's what, what's your source of choice to learn about something that's new and evolving? Yeah. So uh, online resources. If I need to learn something, like most people, like most topics, you, you go to Google, but then there's also references from friends. Um, I, this is something that I, I might regret saying, but then there's, there's a lot that I also learned from these um, vendor newsletters, right? So there's, there's a lot of webinars that they conduct. There's, there's a lot of uh, uh, informational sessions that um, they conduct. And I've actually signed up um, for quite a few. And uh, I, I find it um, a great um, way to, to learn about new technologies, new innovations, new, new, new concepts in mm -hmm. security world. Interesting. Interesting. It's, it's uh, a lot of people that we talk to, they have a little bit of love and hate relationship. They rely on vendors, obviously, for, for solutions. But in the way they approach selling, uh, a lot of people that we talk to, a lot of Athena members, they... They say that they, they get bombarded with emails and phone calls. Yes. Uh, and we, it's again, it's kind of a moving field. And I understand they have very kind of uh, uh, 
they, they have sales targets and there are certain incentives that make them do things the way they do. But uh, from that perspective, if how would you prefer that they, if you're, let's say, you're looking to uh, get a new solution and you're trying to get from 10 potential vendors to, let's say, three, what would, what would be your kind of preferred way for them to, to approach, approach you? Yeah, so we actually have a, a formal, well-defined process that um, we follow when we are uh, shortlisting vendors. Mm-hmm. We, we start off with, um, with the requirements. We, we need to first identify what we need specifically. And then when we talk about requirements, what are the absolute must-haves? And then what are some of the, the nice-to-haves or um, the, the optional requirements? Once we have this list and then we identify the, um, and the list of potential vendors, either based off of uh, Cheetah Crowd or uh, Gartner, or, or uh, again, we don't want to limit ourselves just to these um, uh, avenues. We, we just do a, a search, an online search. And sometimes you, you find vendors who are not part of these, um, you know, say Gartner. Uh, but then they actually satisfy uh, your requirements. And, and then once we have this, um, the, the list of vendors, the list of requirements, then we go through e- each one of our um, must-have requirements and that shortlists our vendors um, a little more. And then when we have a handful of vendors, we actually schedule time with them uh, first to discuss whether um, what, what they're offering is. And then... Uh, to make sure they meet all of our um, uh, requirements, not not just functionality requirements, but also security requirements. We want to make sure the vendor has a proper um, security program in place and they develop their products based on uh, proper security uh, controls, right? Absolutely. And then maybe demos, POCs, and obviously budget is something that we, we will have to consider once all of this falls in place, we, we have a fun awesome. list one or two. Well, listen, thank you so much. for. I, I know we're coming up on time. I think this was very interesting, and I certainly hope uh, we'll continue the conversation. And thank you for sharing your insights. Um, and I'm not sure if you're planning on, but we most likely will be at RSA conference. I know, I think you're in California, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not sure if you're planning on attending, but if you are, uh, we're definitely going to plan something. Again, probably not as obviously not as large scale as uh, as RSA, but something like a sidebar event for Affinia members. So if you are, uh, if you're in the area and interested, we'll, we'll certainly will have uh, many opportunities to connect and kind of because I think it's it's uh, as uh, those post COVID requirements are, are being relaxed and kind of the world is moving on. Uh, we certainly are planning on having those kind of small small group um, face-to-face events, which I think will be conducive to establishing relationships. So then you can, if you have a question, you already have a group of uh, group of professionals that you know and trust so you can uh, quickly get feedback or get answered to your question. So it's, it's definitely something we're working on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to uh, attend some of these uh, meetings, get to know people and uh, start networking. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, likewise. Thank you, Misha, for having me.